Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. Welcome to this episode. We're going to take a deep dive into a topic today, EV fluids, electric vehicle fluids. Uh, I don't recall the first EV fluid product I saw, but now I notice them all over. Uh, Major companies have come out with their own flavors and brands. There is Castrol On, that's one brand. Uh, There's Valvoline EV Performance Fluids. There's Philips 66 E-Shield. There's Shell EV Fluids, Mobile EV, and Total Quartz EV Fluid, just to name a few from some of the big names. And what these represent is oil companies experimenting in the electric vehicle space and bringing products to market that could require periodic changes in the future. I can tell you one thing, and that's what isn't an EV fluid. An EV fluid is not engine oil, and that's at the heart of why this topic is important for the quick lube industry. I decided to bring this to a podcast episode today after uh, seeing a report from the research firm McKinsey & Company. Uh, They came out with their report on August 17th that examines what could replace the fluids that internal combustion engines use. The thesis of their report is this, uh, and I'm quoting here, quote, One often overlooked element of this shift involves fluids, engine oils, gear oils, and transmission fluids that internal combustion engine vehicles consume in copious quantities that will no longer be required for battery electric vehicles. In contrast, EV fluids used in battery electric vehicles consist mainly of driveline fluids and coolants, and that is the focus of this article, unquote. Now, uh, I don't want to raise any alarms here with this episode. As we've reported for a while now, electric vehicles are a small portion of the vehicles sold today and are expected to remain so in the near future. Uh, they are, or There are many infrastructure hurdles as well uh, to get to a widespread EV environment. And on top of all that, the late model gasoline engines that are coming out today are just extremely well-made, well-engineered, and should be on the road for a long time. 200,000 miles is certainly no problem for these late model engines with regular maintenance, and that includes oil change. Hybrid engines and powertrains will also play a big role in the transition, and those require oil changes as well. But with all that said, EVs are a big topic worth exploring and thinking about. It affects the quick lube and quick maintenance industry, and as we've seen here, the oil companies sure are thinking about it, so let's dive in. There is one aspect of the EV boom right now that is both exciting and produces many unknowns, and that is this uh, period of experimentation of vehicle models, powertrain formats, and designs. That means there's not necessarily one kind of fluid that's going to work for all applications at this time. That means there isn't yet a standard that will be the definitive EV fluid that goes into every vehicle. The McKinsey report I talked about earlier identifies one such dichotomy at play in the area of coolants, which is the main part of the EV fluid offerings that companies are coming out with. McKinsey looked at these fluids in terms of commodity profit margins. Apparently, there are two basic types of coolant for EVs, aqueous or water glycol-based coolants, and the other type is dielectric coolants. The former that I mentioned, aqueous, has a smaller profit margin as a commodity, McKinsey says, uh, while dielectric coolants have higher performance qualities and can produce uh, higher profit margins. It's kind of like that upgrade to synthetic oil, sort of. But the report says that there are scenarios where uh, performance vehicles like a Tesla S 
might be engineered to use the higher value coolant, the dielectric, while uh, your Nissan Leaf driver is going to be fine using the aqueous varieties at a lower price point. Um, so one interesting thing to consider. These coolants, uh, or more generally thermal management fluids, are supposed to be in contact with the batteries and electrical motors. And the cooling is not the only property that manufacturers want out of these fluids. These, Much like engine oils, these are highly engineered products and fluids that have a lot of research and engineering that goes into them. There's a great article that I saw in Lubes and Greases that explains some of these necessary properties. I'm going to quote from that here. Quote, three performance requirements are drawing much of the auto and lubricant industry's focus at the moment cooling, electrical conductivity, and copper compatibility. The thermal management needs of the latest e-motors and batteries are already significant, but they are expected to increase as manufacturers employ even larger batteries as charging speeds of those batteries continue to increase. Mechanisms for thermal management are still very much in a state of change, but the use of coolants to transfer the heat is already one of the main approaches and is expected to remain so. Some say the industry is searching for fluids that will be able to provide the necessary performance, unquote. So some of the considerations outlined in that article uh, regarding copper is simply that the fluids need to be uh, considerate of the presence of more copper in these electric vehicle components, and they can't be engineered in a way that would corrode those elements prematurely. Uh, very important there. Uh, as for electrical conductivity, another interesting balance that needs to be played here. The fluids need to be formulated so that their performance isn't hampered by too much conductivity or too much insulation. Uh, an excess of conductivity could leak electrical current, which is obviously a hazard to other parts and potentially people. Too much insulation could build up a static charge within those EV components, which could damage the components themselves. So as with any vehicle fluid, there's a lot to consider and a lot of research and experimentation going on. Uh, you never know what kinds of wild breakthroughs that inventors might have with these EV drivetrains and motors, and the fluids market is trying to be there to support those uh, vehicle power plants as the industry looks at a serious shift toward electric. So looking at the wider uh, market out there, in addition to thermal management fluids, the most common e-fluids that companies are out with now are greases, which are meant to support uh, motor bearing lubrication most often, uh, as well as some kind of drivetrain or transmission fluid that is uh, manufactured specifically for electric vehicle use. There are also brake fluids and some other varieties that are uh, traditionally found in you know typical vehicles with internal combustion engines, but marketed more toward EV drivers. Uh, you might find those out on your marketplace. One bottom line to take away from all this is that these fluids still tie directly into that idea of vehicle maintenance, which is at the core of the quick lube model. Special thermal properties and fluids are supposed to be designed to keep batteries or motors running more efficiently for longer, and those are strong incentives for customers, and that's something to think about when you think about the future of this industry. While your shops will be changing oil for many years to come, it isn't wild to think about a shop that maybe uh, could develop a side bay dedicated to EV maintenance, EV fluid transfers, or perhaps battery conditioning. I'll direct you to an older episode of this podcast, the Nolan Podcast, which I recorded in January. I spoke with a guy named Gene Smotkin, who's a professor of chemistry and chemical biology at Northeastern University. 
uh, about the technology and engineering of EV battery performance and kind of how shops might be able to adopt a routine maintenance schedule specific to batteries that keeps them performing for longer, uh, uses some specialized equipment, things like that. It was a really interesting conversation. I would invite you to revisit that, and we will include that in the show notes here. Uh, it's all just food for thought. I know you listeners are a creative bunch, and uh, I'm excited to see what the industry brings. So uh, let's see what you got. I would welcome any comments or questions to hear from you all. Um, in the meantime, uh, more generally in the national oil and lube news space, we are in uh, mid to late August currently and looking forward toward September when we will release our annual awards issue and the announcement of the operator of the year. So please stay tuned for that. And as always, thank you for reading.